You are now listening to 2026 Cast. What is good, you all? It's the magic one back again with another episode of the 2026 Cast. Today, Frank and I got the very amazing pleasure of talking to one of my favorite people who is uh, hosting, uh, preparing, uh, getting together just like dope events in the city. We got Jessica Sales, a.k.a. Jig. Jig runs the local plug 502, which is just, uh, I don't want to like discredit anything that she does, but like almost uh, she hosts different events in the city. And uh, when I say different events, like Jig's getting together, EDM events, she's getting hip hop events. Uh, she's getting uh, jam sessions for musicians to get together and just like make music together. I just saw her put up a tweet where uh, a guy was happy that he got this jam event together because he doesn't have any friends to play music with. And uh, Jig's just somebody who really cares about Louisville. She is uh, Mark Gunn, a, a Louisville legend, Louisville radio legend. She's his stepdaughter. So um, she kind of came up seeing uh, different stuff in Louisville happen as far as just like major artists coming here and doing shows or hosting events and different stuff like that, which has uh, in- inspired her to do what she's doing now. So, uh, yeah, you know the vibes. This is, again, the 2026 cast, the fourth episode with Jessica Sells. Bow! The T-Vibes. What's good, folks? Here with the fourth installation of the 2026 cast. It's the magic one here. Big four. Keeping it going. Big four. Every week or so. (laughs) Every week and a half or whenever. (laughs) I feel like doing the intro and Frank gets the artwork done. But here uh, we are again, and today we're here with Jig, a.k.a. Jessica Sales, yeah. a.k.a. The Local Plug. A.k.a. Shively Vibes is in the fucking building right now. <laughs> Dixie Highway, Kane Run, it's Vibes right now. Only she knows about that. <laughs> well, I think it's funny, the first time we met and you asked me where I was from, and right. I said Shively, he was like, oh, we all are Yo, <laughs> we are family. Because that's how the South Side goes. Fuck yeah. Can you uh, tell the good people of the 2026 cast what you do, Jessica Sales? Um, I do a lot of shit, probably too much, honestly, but, um, mainly right now I am working at Zanzibar full time, trying to help them, you know, keep their magical venue space going as efficiently as possible. And so would you say event coordinator with that one? Booking a local yeah. talent agent, local uh, talent booking, what? It's, it's really, honestly, really hard to, to categorize because I put together concerts and I do help some artists in a kind of managerial sense in a way. Okay. And then I also book things and also help other people make their things run a little more efficiently as well. So I don't know. I haven't really found a clear Tyler. word for myself yet, but all the above to what we just said. Jig's one of those people since me and Frank, we, uh, I guess we, well, well, no, I don't guess. We DJ together and we throw functions as well. Jig's one of those people I like to call and complain about the local <laughs> scene. <laughs> she me, gives me, me and Dom vent about a lot. Yeah, 100%. Like, we'll say on the phone, I was like, fuck these people. They don't want anything good. Like, I, I, I think what I like most about Jig is she's very similar to us in the sense that we won't whine about something that we want to do. We'll whine about doing something and, like, kind of the results afterwards that we got. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, people for a long time just was like, Louisville doesn't have anything. And Jig was one of those people I called. And I think like we we're kind of growing together as far as like me DJing her with her events and everything that she just explained that she did. Because um, like when we weren't doing this, we would call each other and be like, I think I want to start doing this. And she's definitely a part of the 2026 family. And I would definitely say I'm a part of her local plug family because Jig can always call me and I feel the same way about her. So. Yeah, and it's good to be able to have people that do the same thing as you that, you know, kind of both live in their own lane and mind their own business and, you know, are able to understand that both organizations are doing what they need to do and working with the people that they need to work with and not necessarily in an overly competing uh, like atmosphere. We also support each other. Like I, I go out of my way to pay the five or whatever much money you've been. I like it, 
it's annoying. I remember I did we we did that event at Copper and Kings and it cost five dollars and I was DJing for one of Jig's events. It was I think it was a zombie walk in Louisville. And um I remember somebody hit me up and was like, Can you put me on the list? I was yeah. like, it's five fucking dollars, man. Yeah, I have an interesting thought about lists. Lists, um, yeah. When the price is five dollars, <laughs> like it's just I don't, I don't, and I'll tell people like we just, we just did my birthday party and we had the you RSVP, you get five dollars if you don't, it's ten bucks. And I, I tell people straight up, I was like, I'm not making a list because I go out of my way to honestly not even RSVP at certain events and just pay the full ten dollars, fifteen, yeah. twenty dollars sometimes. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I like when I when you get into doing, you know, some events and, you know, you got people that you need to look out for sometimes. Like if I know someone recently just was venting about being broke or something and I know they probably yeah. need to come out. Like I'm gonna be like, yo, I got you. But yeah, like overall, but I'm not going to like ask you to guest list me if the price is. Well, not even that, because these motherfuckers will pay one hundred thirty dollars if Adele comes in town. That or they'll travel all the way to out of town, four hundred dollars for a festival that they're like, you know, making payments on. Like they have their pockets, and so, I mean, I I never like I never like listing people because like there's never like there's usually never like a a thing that there's no return back mm-hmm. yeah. to you. You know, like I I get it that there's some type of relationship where there is like you're trying to build some kind of relationship, but locally a lot of the times it's not like that. But also they, a lot of those people that are asking for that gotta understand that um, a lot of it like for me i don't have any other income personally besides like my event production and merch sales and just art direction in general so like that night you know is probably paying meals for the next three or so weeks yeah well i I think i don't think i don't think that a lot of people kind of correlate the idea of them paying to entry into a place is like directly affecting us yeah and it's like, yeah, we host these things, and and yeah, um, you know, it's seen as a as a night out, and people want to spend the least amount of money when they go out as possible in Louisville. Which I mean, I feel you, but no, but but, but, <laughs> but actually, at I the can't... same time, it's like you know, you gotta you gotta do more, and you gotta understand mm-hmm. like how this is directly affecting your friends and like people in your community, and if we're all gonna exchange and consume, you know, between each other, like we gotta recognize, you know, each and every part of it. But I can't even say I feel that because you go to a place like New York City, Chicago, Chicago, where Atlanta. drinks are a, a gin and tonics fifteen bucks. Yeah, Louisville, Minimal. Kentucky, Z Bar. I got the hugest shot of tequila for three dollars. No, I'm Yo, talking about like a double shot of tequila for three bucks. Literally, the, the the most most bars here you can go out to most if they're unless they're considered a high end, which most aren't. They're like I work the at a high end bar and our cocktails are ten to twelve dollars, which yeah, is cheap. It's just cheap. Like I still like. The same comparison I made. One drink in New York is $15, and you can get fucked up and move a lot $15. Oh, my God. Like, you can I got $15? Yourself. Like, shit. Like, that's Dude. a lot to spend I mean, on bring, alcohol. Bring, right. Invite any out-of-town friend to the city. Oh, they get fucked <laughs> they, up. And like, they'll have the best time of their life. Up. They're buying everybody's shots. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is this? I'm like... Besides those, no, dude. Literally, the guy in Z Bar on Friday, he he walks in, he was like, "I will buy thirty shots right now." Yo, and I was like, "I mean, do your thing, bro." Dude, our homegirl Abby was just in town, back in town. She's from here. She's uh, she's living up in New York, and I was just trying to buy her a drink. Just like I try to buy her and Frank drinks, which Frank will let me buy him drink. Yeah. But she was like, "No, Dominic, like this is so cheap." Three times in like five minutes. <laughs> Frank, Frank's not that broke, y'all. But like she um. She was like, no, Dami, this is way too cheap for you to buy me. I was, I was like, please just let me, be, you know, just being friendly. And it, it, it's just, it's insane that people like will not pay the $5. I'm like, relative to like, we're still, Louisville's scene is still, it, it's almost kind of rebranding and it's new. Yeah. Because a lot of us who were going out to these places and weren't necessarily enjoying ourselves, now you're in charge of bringing town to Z Bar. Now Frank and I are hosting, whether it's at the Trap House or at Kaiju or wherever we're hosting events at. Like now, all of us, shout out to um, DJ out here, shout out to High Def and Bones and them, the the Birdzoo Click Clue, yes, that's a Birdzoo <laughs> Click, what they're doing with the um, brunch and beats, like. Now all of us are hosting like kind of premier events in Louisville and people kind of take it for granted when you do ask for five to ten dollars. And they're like, oh, what am I getting in return? I know with our events, me and Frank, 
We're, Frank's got the light show up there. We're playing yeah, the, the best show, fucking tunes. We have music. We usually also are taking pictures of people, which also costs money mm-hmm. to develop the film. Yeah, and the y'all are good for that because like, yeah. bought some decorations too. Like we don't, you know, and we usually do decor. We add. We try to make an environment in every place. We try to make it worth the five to ten dollars. And I know Jig especially too. Like now, the fact that you're at. I remember when you were at. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about the first. I actually Place added up had, how much money spot? I spent, spent on film last year. It was like $600. Oh, dude. The it's amount of money right that I've spent. Like, okay, so you asked about Cable Street, and then you're talking about funding. You go on events. Cable Street, like, I used to have to rent subs and shit. And, like, you know, to deliver the best experience possible. Because we all want to hear our mm-hmm. base, you know, at a, at a good level and... PA speakers aren't doing it, and instead of just looking at that as an obstacle and just not doing it, like, you figure it out and you make it work. And those events were all free. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I was lucky to get a Four Roses sponsorship with that, because when I when I went into Cable Street, you know, they were like, yeah, we've got alcohol sponsorship connections that we're trying to get on, and, you know, we've got this space that we're not really doing much with, and mm-hmm. we just kind of, like, created something out of nothing. But I, think, I really do think that that was a space that really kind of showed everyone that you know we were all on the right track because people were coming out they were showing up and coming out on weekends too i mean that's a that's a prime location right now um it sucks that like butcher town just Mm -hmm. exactly in that exact same spot like that all there's like eight things new things closing opening every other week that are you know new potential so i think you know timing if i think if they did better i don't know management of i don't know whatever was going on there but you know i think there's a lot of opportunity in that area in the city because for some reason it's like central but like it's not completely downtown it's not it doesn't yeah. say yeah and it's not but people don't hate it like i mean a lot of people don't like nulu that much well where high horse is right now yeah, used is, to be a place called the view back in the day and it was I didn't know before that. that was called like it was like spec it was like cube it was something like like another club it had a different name before that, too. Yeah. Well, we used to go in high school, which yeah. was not oh a time gosh. for us to be going there. And so it was really interesting um, because whenever we would travel to, I guess, Butchertown, we would always be like, this place is weird. Like, yeah. this is a weird part of downtown. Like, it felt so that. mysterious from Shavley. Coming, to, coming mean, from Shavley, getting off in Story Avenue. Like, wow, hilarious. we're in a different world. I'm really surprised that uh, the bowling lane over there Man, well they want sick. they want so much money for everything and that's the issue yeah because like, i think that that place if they turn that into a high-end bowling lane lounge like kind of like how the omni yeah. has their thing if they and they also have a great they have a big space downstairs like there's it's a huge venue in the basement like that's where i saw chance well and, and so where high oh, horses shit. now is a huge is a huge yeah. space as well and when i had first seen that there was a um for lease sign on it i went in there to talk to them just to see what they were talking about because i'm like this is perfect because mm-hmm. what ideally i feel like we all need is a space that you can be loud at and not piss people off but also a space with parking and also like accessibility within like at least 15 minutes i would say and also that can and be it's a, like where is that gonna be and also that could be a venue i was talking with uh mckinley from the Kochek uh collective mm-hmm. And he runs sound over there at uh, Kaiju. Kaiju, and he's the he's the guy I go to to book uh, like events at Kaiju. Yeah, we're good. And friends. he's like, man, we need more Kaiju type spots. I mean, because oh, uh, we and McKinley talk about that a lot. Like, yeah. we like, actually had a long talk about that literally like two days ago. Like a small space where, like, I mean, dude, I had so much fun on my birthday, and like, I think I kind of took uh, Kaiju for granted for a while because mm-hmm. yeah. it was always I think I had an experience where it was weird for me DJing because people kept wanting to go to the bar and not stay in the like the venue area mm-hmm. but last time like I mean you bringing up people in there yeah. Kaiju reminds me of a house party in a basement yeah Every, which is any time I've ever been in there and, and I told McKinley this too it, it sets off such house party-esque vibes when you're in there and I and, think it's really special and I kind of like I like that's what I liked the uh, Magbar for for mm-hmm. a while just because but the, I think that yeah. backyard area really throws it off because like a lot of the venues in town they'll have the front smoking area mm-hmm. but since they have two like it's like a thoroughfare it's not like a just as closed off like this is the area that I think in. Yeah. I think that kind of messes it up because I, like and I, I I also just think Magbar well, is just in it sh- I... the, the worst kind of people go to Magbar yeah. and I hate to be like that it, and yeah. I think that's what because a lot of times we were trying to do that with our thirst event well I think if if we actually if 
college crowd actually knew yeah. about the place, which yeah. they still We had didn't. a few times. We oh, had a few times dude. where they came out, but if they were actually like informed about the, the space or the venue and like while, while we were there, which like I don't think we were just we weren't getting paid enough to actually push it towards <sighs> like there was no marketing budget. Like if you're getting a hundred dollars every two weeks, like and, it's and not, we split that hundred dollars the first time. Yeah. So like yeah. it's not enough yeah. for us to like really care, care to like, all right, let's actually market it to some new people and like get it jumping because I, I mean there would be potential to go higher but i don't think they were gonna like cut a higher check ever so well a couple of things i want to say first off mag i think has a great setup in a way Brother because i do think that the backyard where it's at works it's just that they would need to have a different bar somewhere i would mm-hmm. say yeah in the back, they it's would like have a to volume bar type. Yeah, shit. exactly, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I think that it's really unfortunate that it wasn't caught on to U of L people because mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely a cohort of you know people like us who are looking for that kind of yeah. same thing. But you are right; it does take a lot of time and energy to get into those circles and I mean, and figure out who needs to. I was even thinking about like I didn't even. This is like whenever I did Four Street Live promotions forever ago, but I used to do like all their uh, chalk ads, like all around the city. Mm-hmm. Like I would go around and like do really intricate uh, chalk flyers on like downtown of the bridge at U of L's campus, like all these other like hot spots of where people would be. And just like I'm like, damn, why haven't I done that in a while for an event? Because like I don't know how how much it worked, but it still is something completely different. Oh, totally. That like can attract people that isn't digital, but is like very physical, and there's. You know, there's only so many places where people actually walk and are active in the city because yeah. it still is a very you have driving have a car. place. <laughs> Which I had had a car until this year, so I know it's like possible to be a non-car. Person. I don't. I do not have a car, and I bike a lot of places. I yeah, don't have a so. car at the moment, and I don't bike, and it's stressful. Yeah, get you a bike; you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, if you get a bike, you'll be fine. Especially, Especially like the weather. Bike. The weather's been amazing. The weather's been amazing. Yeah. Also, you can also bundle up too, because it's been some cold days for your boy out there. But like, you know, it's good fitness. You stay yeah. active. Y'all are right. I think I just haven't had a, a nice, safe bike in a while. Yeah. And I'm a little skittish. That's so right. I'll be like daydreaming, like rolling into traffic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, you have to say something. I don't know. I'm a little skittish. <laughs> bike safety is important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like know if I trust myself. Too, so. it, it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's tough. But I would like, I would love for, you know, the whole inner city just to go to bikes and like for if everybody like that lived in these immediate areas where it takes five minutes to get somewhere that they would just bike there instead i really wish that the neighborhoods had like little lit centers you know what i mean like that'd be so cool we're set up for it like we're totally set up to where each neighborhood could be a little bit more culturally sustainable in the center somehow but it all got fucked up we all know when. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was thinking you were talking about back in the day you went out to High Horse, whatever it was called back then, being a, a young, you. a young jig. Mm-hmm. Uh, young were there jig any the events when you were younger that inspired you? Okay, no, no. Actually, what events inspired you to do what you do today when you were younger? Like when you went there, you were like, I want to do something like this. Well, wait, can I make a, make a little note? I, I think the first time I ever saw Jig was at the Russ Park bus tour. Because um, I, <laughs> we I were like... backstage. Yeah, we were backstage. And I was backstage somehow too. Um, but that was like the first time I ever like saw Jig. And so like... Hold on, Jig. Who's your father? My father is Maurice Sales, who is a military man and works at Ford. However, my stepfather oh, okay. is... Um, Mark Gunn in the afternoon. Yeah, no, shout good. out Mark Gunn, the Louisville legend, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's, so I was like, I was like, so you've always been tapped into entertainment yeah. and music yeah. from like your stepfather's yeah. association with you and. Yeah. So my uh, my parents, well, Mark and my mom started dating uh, when I was twelve, and then that's when Rust Bus was coming each year. So I think we went for three years. Yeah. Uh, and Mark hosted those, so we'd be backstage kicking it with all these 
young celebrities and DJ whatnot. Khaled, Mano. Yeah, DJ Khaled. Uh, uh, I can't uh, do. I'm tired. The new boys. New boys. Ace Hood. Uh, Ace Hood. <laughs> young Berg and Ray J. Ace yeah, I Hood. I, both, I was at all those shows. Yeah. So you know, some interesting people to be able to meet when you're like 13, 14 years old. So it was a super cool experience. Um, I think that was probably the first time I was able to see concerts like from the back end and kind of see the logistics of everything and just the environment. And I mean, I'm sure y'all can agree, working in the music business is super relaxed and super chill. And I mean, it has its pitfalls obviously, but overall in terms of a work environment, like it's pretty, it's pretty chill. Did you witness the crazy fight at that last bus, bus, bus tour? <laughs> yeah, and I remember, <laughs> I remember walking to the car and, uh, my mom being really upset because she was like ready to party and and she was just you know it's it's sad to like do something so great and then see things uh kind of yeah turn into that but that's we can dive into a whole other conversation about why that happens and why we should you know take responsibility to fix it and that's kind of what that event was was to try to like yeah well i hate that they like completely bailed yeah, they and, shouldn't have bailed on and it. And, like, completely, like, blocked it and then just, like, stopped it from happening ever again. And there was, I feel like there was ways that you could have turned it into something. Well, I think that um, there's been an abandonment on youth partying in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of teen parties for not kids to go to anymore. And I think that's a really big problem. It's, my my grandma told me about how they, like, they used to actually have, like, teen clubs that, yeah. like, teens hanging out. That, Shit. Well, well, I mean, we had Oasis. Like, just, we had Mass. So, like, kids just, like, teen, electric like, cowboy. Ele- hey, hey, electric if you want to speak on Electric Cowboy. Saying, like, Shout out to Electric Cowboy. Clubs they would just, like, hang out and, like, uh, yeah, the library do, whatever. Too. Yeah. 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 Um, nah, fucking, um... I remember I got some young homies. My brother, he's 17 years old, and he, he he has his group of friends. And I remember one time they were asking me, like, Dominic, is there anything to do for, like, kids 18 and under? And I was like, dude. There's not. And there's totally a market for it. You can skateboard. It. That's about it. There's or, totally, like, ways to be able I mean, to do it. It's just I don't think that there's anyone that cares enough to go put forth the effort to make it happen anymore like there used I, to also, be. Also, I just don't think. I think us being older, we don't want to be looked at as, like, all shouts out to DJ Lil Carl. Yeah. But like, I, 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 I don't think I would, you have to find somebody who's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do the kids parties because they can't do them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can't yeah. go book these venues and stuff like that. Like legally they can't. No. So it's just like. It's definitely up to the responsibility of bar owners and mm-hmm. promoters of all sorts to at least, you know, put together Things that like, because I, I remember back in the day, it used to always be on Sundays where we didn't have school on Monday yeah. and stuff like electric that. Electric Cowboy. Yeah, you know hey, I learned. I learned. I, I got twerked on the first time at Electric Cowboy. I'm on probably the twerked on someone hey. for the first time. Oh God! <laughs> and they're drinking Sprite. Just no, you gotta get the Red Bull cocktail. You gotta, yeah. get, the, you gotta get the Sprite with a splash of cranberry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. But that was fun though. And, and, and it taught you how to be social yeah, and like a, in that atmosphere, so so that you know you don't grow up and go to college and then. Go, go ask too crazy. crazy. I can say I'm glad I never went to any of the phone parties that were going to happen. Those were fun. That is I went to a phone party. Look at Jay. Definitely at the phone Hell party. No. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to the phone party. I'm not gonna lie. I just didn't. I don't think I had the. Balls. I, ne- I never got the chance to, to go. I felt I like. Just, I felt like. I mean, I never drove or anything. So like, yeah. you had to have one friend that like yeah. could get you there. And I don't know anybody that wanted to go. To we were we were lucky growing up in Louisville because there, there there was mass sick. There was and these kids I don't think they skating like they used to too. Then also, well, I, I also too. think that it's a different it's different because they're so much more social through the internet. So yeah. it's kind of also like why go somewhere to be with your friends when you can be with all of your friends at one time on on, Fortnite. on, <laughs> on the internet like the somehow. And so you know maybe it. It it's makes a, me think that it's, it's a conundrum not, right now. It's yeah, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's like if you put all these kids in a space and told them to not use their phones, I really wonder like what would happen. I mean, a lot Dude. of them are are hitting the trampoline zones and whatnot. I don't yeah. know. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> I'm also not J-Town, around though. a lot of a, a lot of kids to even really know how they socialize too much. I kind of am. I just am like I with mean, my I little am, brother. I and, am and, too. And, and and we have and when we ever so like I had a kid yesterday hit me up. So 
I'm doing that event with you, mm-hmm. which this will come out afterwards, but I'm doing that event. And this kid, he was like, uh, yeah, man, I go to L. I'm 18. Like, can I get into your thing? And I was like, let me go. See. Let me. I knew he couldn't, but I was like, let me just ask mm-hmm. her just in case. And, and you said, nah. And it, it really it, it's. And I was like, hey, man, just follow 2026. So the burden of what we got, what we have to offer in terms of salary wise in, you know, comparison to how much it costs to live here. I will say I like living by myself. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, and luckily you're you're able to do that. Yeah. But, you know, I think that you could say that. You know, you have a pretty decent flow of, of things happening for you. Yeah. So if you think about somebody that's a little less, you know, fortunate than that, and I mean, you know, working still, but you know, different life factors. No, I think I, it, I think it's hard to to just you know work like a normal person and live like a normal person around yeah. here right now. Yeah. I think there's a. I mean, the city has a lot of places that you know eventually. Right now, probably. A lot of people are probably moving in towards like Portland and whatnot as gentrification happens again, like it just has in Germantown. So we'll see like that cycle of like prices going up again, like how high they are right now in Germantown. Well, I think for a while there's been a lot of neglect on people who live here and a lot more focus on people who are either moving into here or visiting here. And... I think it's gonna it's gonna end up backfiring here soon. <laughs> yeah, Louisville's in a weird place, man. It's just I don't know. I really don't know. Either, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, or maybe it won't backfire and everything will succeed. But then a lot of people who have made this their home and uh, you know grown and and everything here and it's gonna keep getting pushed out and it kind of breaks my heart. <laughs> I think, and I think even because we're lucky enough, so uh, I live kind of close downtown. And kind of in the central part of Louisville, which I think in any other city would be super expensive for me to live. Yeah. And Jig doesn't live. She probably lives two blocks down the street. I think soon this area is going to go crazy because it's it's so close to Germantown. Yeah. It, it's 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 like literally just the hood right before Germantown. Like yeah. I, I guess technically I'm kind of Shelby Park in a sense because it's I mean it's, you know Almost. so and it's like just still Shelby old Louisville. Park meets old Louisville. Yeah. So. I'm right in the entrance. I can get play. I mean, Kaiju's right down the street. I rode my, I rode my bike down there basically yesterday. But um, I think soon, like, it, it's such a weird area here because you'll see, like, some nice-looking white couple. And then you'll see, like, people who you know have been there since before it yeah. became this. So I, I think, and I, I think I was telling even Charlie about this. I was like, dude, I think it's going to, like, we're lucky right now. Yeah. And it, I mean, this whole, I think <clears throat> Old Lowell is a little bit different just because it was, like, a really, like, destroyed neighborhood in the yeah. 70s and 80s and like yeah. took the people willing to renovate these houses into something because a lot of them like the quality of these spaces were not up to like you know most of these houses are over 100 years old so yeah yeah i mean you can feel it because like this place stays cut i got the high ceilings and shit so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why i'm turning the heat on like that because I, mean, I do but i gotta keep it low because it's it, this these are old ass fucking buildings man well so where the mill lofts are now used to be an antique mall back in the yeah, day that my nana used to work at. So spent a lot of time over here, like running up and down Damn, those railroad wild. tracks and that's shit. Wild. And like it was so shitty over there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so bad. And it's that just whole crazy. little block of goss is like yeah, is, and is there was insane. nothing there. Like and all the houses just looked the same. I mean, I'm I'm surprised at how that's gone because I I've always hated shotgun houses, so I would and now never, people are paying like two hundred thousand dollars for to like live in one of those style yeah. of houses. But I also like grew up in Olovo, so like there's just a whole different appreciation for style of like architecture that I like fall yeah. in love with. So it might just be I always compare Olovo. I say this is like our Brooklyn. Oh yeah, it feels. You know I, mean? I mean, these are like brownstone yeah. type shit um, buildings for sure. That's, I think that's why I like. Nah, I remember so much, or even like the Philly vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love. Bro, I think that's why West, I like West Philly Nash, so much. West Philly, West Philly was so beautiful. It, it felt like my two favorite parts of the city: Churchill Downs and Old Louisville. Yeah, and I, I that, that's why I, that West Philly, like West Philly, because that's where I, yeah. we stayed. It it felt literally just I, I was like I would South love South Philly it here. feels like a, a smaller Brooklyn too, but West Philly is like a op- more opener Victorian style housing, kind of spread out, really nice. It's like a Highlands old little South Side, like it's mm-hmm. got a few different vibes, and then also just a lot more black people there. Or 
So back to I got I got so we kind of spoke on this earlier, being very frustrated with shit in the city. What is your biggest not gripe? What is your biggest uh, critique about the nightlife scene in Louisville? Uh, I think that we need more spaces for people to come together with more people that are like minded to them. Yeah. So I I've the biggest. Thing that I um, always mention to people is that you have too many different types of people trying to party at the same time in the same space. And what I mean by that is like, even for example, like your gripe with Magbar earlier, yeah. the people that go to Magbar are weird. Yeah. Okay. But the even though the people of Magbar are weird, they still deserve somewhere to go. Yeah. So instead of us yeah. coming into Magbar and saying y'all are weird, yeah. Yeah. we should be able to just have our own space to where they can have their own space and then everyone is satisfied. Respect. This is just the same with like, even just like out of all the shitty parts about Baxters, um, one of the <laughs> one of the um, shittiest parts that I had noticed back when we used to go there on Wednesdays before <laughs> it turned all fucking weird. Because at one point in time, it was actually quite normal, uh, very in the very early stages, and then it just kind of. I enjoyed got, Baxters on Wednesdays a few times. I sang I sang karaoke there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what I noticed one time is that you know you had Martha's forty. 5th birthday party happening yeah. over here and they've got yeah. all their matching pink shirts and you know doing that whole thing and then you got some biker dudes over there and then you've got some little yeah. frat dudes over here and then you've yeah. got some athletes over there and you've got some you got the hood over there the hood over there yeah. and you got like everyone yeah. else in between that so I you've got is. all these people who are now consuming dollar drinks in the same space yeah and it's just like awkward and then they're playing fucking journey and like yeah. you know uh, peaches and cream and you're kind of like okay like I, I kind of can get jiggy to this but not really they're really yeah, playing never, everything I never get really jiggy yeah so it. it's like <laughs> you're not even you're not listening to the music that you want the yeah. bar is crowded and it's like what if all of these folks or people who like this kind of music or like this type of um, atmosphere like just like even shit calls for example it well, might not be the most that's kind of why I like the back in the day. I like the idea of Four Street Live at one point, where it was like eight different venues, and there were yeah. like there was like you had options of places options to go. Of places to go. Yeah. Yeah. It just was the, and it was central to the city. But like I think the, it just becomes racist too. That's it, what. But happens. like just those dress codes, like yeah. everything ended up being more. Well, it, it got it got over. It essentially got overpowered with people that didn't have any culture, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what it all boils down to: is being able to know the quality way to give people different demographics what they want like let's not just try to do this because at the end of the day it comes down to desperation and convenience so when you've got all these people downtown they're looking for something to do they don't want to sit at home they would rather be here and they're not going to really spend the energy to try to find something else it just becomes essentially textbook tourist trap because people don't have to think about it there's an even exchange the people that are over control of the areas aren't going to go the extra mile to I mean, figure out ways to do things in the best way because they're going to be making their money regardless. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with like the new Paris Town district because yeah. um, they are trying to be in more of an entertainment district. I mean, how Nulu's going, like the their little spaces, I feel like those all have... Like I always like Decca's basement area for like jazz, yeah, Jimmy crazy. Can't yeah. Dance. Yeah. Um, and the same managers that Jimmy Can't Dance are doing um, High Horse. Those are the same management. Oh, management. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Word, word, word. And so like they've done so well with Jimmy Can't Dance. I expect High Horse to also go on a similar like up trajectory of like, you know, bringing, you know, talented. I mean, mostly the people at Jimmy Can't Dance are all local. Yeah. I feel like there's and, the, and they bring other people in there. I also think it's just about us getting in those positions of power. Like, and, and I like the jigs doing what she's doing because she's putting a lot of people on. And I, think, I, you, I do like that you like now that you say that, I see why you have the techno night, the the yeah. quote unquote hip hop night. Like I remember that time me and Coop and uh, Kudos over DJ together. You like Dominic? What's the genre? I was like, just say it's groovy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So people know what they get into. I never thought about that because they're. <clears throat> Me like complaining about Magbar, it's like, well, why don't we have the space for ourselves? Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, that, that's real. And we try to do that with Barrel Bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it also just involves with like you know having full uh, control control of your yeah. space and yeah. like and trust trust they didn't trust us they didn't trust us. I don't know if we trusted them either yeah um, <laughs> like I say in this podcast fuck Barrel Bar hey yeah. <laughs> uh, actually more probably more so fuck Bourbon Hall um, I like Barrel Bar what we had we, we can name some people I'm not gonna do it but um, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I I never even thought about that that's crazy because like you do go places like Baxter's and there is like every kind of motherfucker which well, and, shout and, out to that well like, yeah and, oh, oh, my bad <laughs> uh, in a in a perfect world we should all be able to do that yes but I am a firm believer especially when you're getting into like you know alcohol and yeah. people are trying to party and it's like you know that's supposed to be an area where you um <laughs> partying supposed to be an area where you can really let loose and relax like people are ending their weeks and you know you deserve yeah. to be able to have a fun time and, yeah. and i think that when you have all these different personalities sometimes it can lead into um <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know. That, that's been tempting me this whole interview. I don't know why I wanted to pick it up. <laughs> Frank just picked up a Morocco. I was like, no. It's going to pick up on the mic like crazy. You know? I was like, no. I'm about to just start adding some rhythm in her background. <laughs> like creating a song here. So, um, would you. Is this something that you always wanted to do? Um, I've always wanted to be in events. I think that I've kind of been hosting events my whole life when I think about it. Yeah. Uh, my birthday parties were always super lit back in the day. And then... I know you had the craziest sweet 16. Legit, look uh, like... No, actually, I really didn't. Damn. My 16th birthday, I went to uh, eat with a bunch of friends and then smoked a bunch of weed on top of your... Well, that was so bad. I like... I like the actually I haven't done this like in town like locally too much but like in, when I was in New York just going out to eat with a group of friends is such, such a nice thing that I don't Man. do yeah. as much Man. as I I would like to where you just all Man. go to a really nice restaurant and kind of ball out and like and have a good time chatting and drinking and I feel like that's a whole another way of partying that a lot of us I mean maybe um, it's just not in our budgets <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, well food and well events like that are something that I hope to work with some people on this year and kind of start to the supper club type vibes yeah like because I, I definitely think Shout that being Wolford. able to sit down and eat and drink together is but really also important. just it's one of those places like, I feel like a lot of times at these dance night events I don't get a chance to talk to people yeah mm-hmm. as much as I like to because yeah. a lot of people are always trying to talk to me and I can't yeah. hear them at all yeah and they're like or we're or we're controlling the party there's working. so many times i've yeah. been just like way too inebriated trying to run my own party and motherfuckers like yo i saw i'm like fam i forgot even seeing you but man. if somebody asks me to go to dinner or lunch i'm always game yeah uh, for sure i'm always eating at crazy spots well and that's why so my my far-fetched dream is to have a big space that is all encompassing of chill bar slash restaurant slash music venue slash yeah. warehouse extravaganza or something yeah and i and part of that is to even if i didn't have like a full-blown restaurant like you know i I often think each day there's like a couple things that are prepared and it's like you know that you'll come it'll be good food and it'll be something that you can sit down with somebody and eat and um you know have at least a conversation with because i feel like there's a lot of times i think big intimidation of spaces around town and I just, you know, I think that we need more creative, um, low-key hubs for us to just, like, be ourselves. I think something like that is a a great, or is our spaces where you can incorporate, like, Mm -hmm. incubator-type vibes where you're bringing on a new chef that, like, maybe doesn't have the opportunity, but there's so many people that are trying to, like, or Louisville's such a food city that there are young chefs that have been working at restaurants that are sous chefs that want to, like, have an opportunity to be a part of something or start something of their own. Yeah. And so if you just, you know, maybe like a call to chefs, I don't know if that's a thing, but call to art, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. You can easily start like, you know, six month incubators where, you know, there's two chefs at a place for, you know, six months where they're like, you know, making their own stuff, trying it out, testing it out. And it just gives some, you know, new flavors to yeah. everybody. I'm going to tell you yeah. something, Frankie. You know, it's funny right now. It's, this has nothing to do with, I mean, well, this has everything to do with, with him just being a quote unquote foodie. Um, that documentary I keep telling you to watch. Oh yeah, that guy started the Food Channel. He put oh. Emerald Lagasse on. Oh wow! Like he figured out how to get him paid. So yeah, uh, what's it called? I can't remember. This guy, this documentary. Like, the guy he, that, that introduced everybody. To some everybody. Jewish guy. Yeah, yeah. And Frank's Russian, so he's close to being Jewish. So damn, there's just a lot of <laughs> Russian Jews, but there's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm saying, like, I think I, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called. Um, maybe I'll tag it in the fucking comments if you one day to. when he remembers. <laughs> yeah, but um, he's never sent me a link or anything. He's just it was on about Netflix, motherfucker. Shit. <laughs> but um, do you got any future plans that you can uh, put us on? I know you have Louis involved. That's your heavily involved with. We have. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you was involved tomorrow with, with Louis. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of the main planners. I had people. no fucking clue. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was no. just Vashti and uh, Taylor. Well, Vashti, Taylor, Gabby does some work with us too. Yeah. I would say Vashti's like the brain right now mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, she keeps everybody organized. I had no clue Vashti was a part of it. So, <laughs> uh, so we, we, we all kind of t- operate real low yeah. key. You want to tell us about Louis Ball though? Yeah, so Tay and Dave, um, C's and some other folks were all part of the original crew. Uh, I personally don't remember exactly what the first year was. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Jim. You've been a part of Louisville from the start. No, not from the start. Oh, just okay, I was about year. to say. I was like, what? I helped out with the stuff at Galaxy, though. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. So, um... Yeah, I don't really remember exactly what year they started. I think it was like four years ago. Yeah. So they, Tim Faulkner, before they shut down and moved from Portland into Shelby Park. Um, but last <coughs> year, you know, Tay's a really good, per, a good, really good friend of me. So I always tell folks, he's a good dude. I love he would not have been there for my first Bonnaroo. I may not have uh, survived. Wow. <laughs> like I wake up and Tay's like making smoothies, and I'm like, "How did you get a blender out here?" But <laughs> he's um, a very good dude. I yeah, love so he took a lot. He took real good care of me, and he has a really good vision for, um, you know, just little hip hop and arts all encompassing of, mm-hmm. you know, just black folk making art in Louisville. Like he's Amen. just really trying to put uh, people. I think on. that's an opportunity. Like I mean, you've seen. Uh, Obviously, like where South by is, and then how A3C in Atlanta yeah. has developed mm-hmm. right. yeah, into what it is now. It just got bought by Diddy, Oops. I think. Oh shit! Diddy just man. bought out the fest- or two chains. Diddy and two. Ch- I, I don't know. Who, one of those. Uh, it, those are big differences, but either Diddy or two chains. I think Diddy <laughs> bought it. <laughs> one of those black what guys. Fuck with you, I'm fucking with y'all. But I, I saw. I, mean, I think two chains was heavily involved in it last yeah, year, and either right. Diddy bought it or something like that. No, uh, A3C, A3C, which is basically which makes sense. Yeah. Was like Atlanta's own premier. I mean, where like basically awful records Word. debut. Make McConan key and like or even Twenty One Savage. Like every the whole little renaissance. I would give credit to A3C. Like they're really inspiring the city to like mm-hmm. even like dudes like Russ. Or at A three C. Hey, don't and say A. I'm not. Must be doing his damn thing. Shout I'm not. I'm rest. saying like this is that was like probably one of his first performances to oh, crowd. Word, you know, word, like word, I mean, I met his dude Buggis or whatever down there, and he was yeah. like really enthusiastic. Yeah. So, like having something like that that can inspire a whole city. Yeah. To be active and like pursue, and to want to make art or to be like, hey, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm not on this festival year this year, they can try and get onto it, and this, yeah. that's something that they can like reach out and yeah. like potentially like get to if they just put their mind to it and like talk to the any of the right people you know it's just a dm email text comment away to like get your foot in the door Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know at least try and that's always you know well we already we have folks that are you know reaching out and people who you know express interest and that's always really rewarding because it means that you're doing something that um somebody feels comfortable sharing their art with first and foremost but second of all something that you know people look at as a goal or an opportunity and i think that the more that we can give people to work towards um you know the further that we're going to progress as well it just kind of makes being able to perform and share and connect a reality versus i think for so long there were people that were being creative in the city and didn't really know what to do with their art after it was finished around what month is or time is it happening uh, this year it'll be in april towards the end um, we so, have yeah, a date in mind, huh? 420. No. 420. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but our, our biggest struggle right now is trying to figure out exactly where to do it at because we want to be sure that we, um, deliver the best experience possible. And as we've talked about through this, uh, through this podcast, cast. oh, cast, excuse me, Ooh. um, venue space is a little tricky right now. So I will say, um, back to what you were talking about with people not knowing where to perform, that, that's crazy because back when I was rapping in high school, I was rapping at hardcore shows. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I mean, it, we, we hosted our own shows too. Yeah, We've we been doing this for shows. a while. I used to like, <clears throat> a lot of my friends, I was a Barstown Road kid where cut off shorts was around kids smoking spice. I didn't smoke the spice. 
knew about Molly before the hip hop community did because I was around those white kids. Like I was a part of the hardcore scene for a minute. So now granted I didn't become like a Tyler Crater or JPEG Mafia with the right. style of music yeah. that I make now. But like yeah, I was very much a part of like the hardcore scene and just like watching kids mosh and shit. One of the reasons why like looking at somebody like Tyler Crater, I related to him. I was like, word. Cause like <laughs> I was like, yo, we were going to those like we were a part of those shows. Yeah. Which, so that know, is cool that you all are making like a because a lot of people, I think with but even at the creatives, time and ages, you know the age group like we sought out something and we made it yeah. at a young age. And yeah, it was like very. We had important. a festival and everything. It was yeah, we had, did mega in the fest south end, south side baby in the backyard and like did the crazy flyer for it. It and got shut down, but hey, fuck it, it was it was fire. I DJ. That was probably one of my first DJ yeah. sets. I stole Stan's equipment and just set up. Um, I, like, yeah, yo, shot Stan. Tyler <laughs> Frank still in Stan's you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Stanislav. Yeah, so I mean, we were very. I mean, I'm always like, you know, save your money up, invest it in yourself. Yeah. Because like, I mean, everything can be attainable with a small. Well, especially in a city, and and I think my biggest thing with. Louisville creative sometimes is and going back to people I see just like kind of whining about stuff on uh, Twitter or whatnot or just to me in person I'm just like do it yourself but also nowadays I see like the reach somebody has like compared to what reach we had we maybe had like you know 800 or so maybe plus like friends or people that mm-hmm. we knew on Facebook or whatever that we could reach out to to come to an event but people today still have that 3,000 plus followers. Yeah. Half the kids I know have like Think about these 800, high schoolers. 900 yeah. people directly that are in contact with that they can reach out to and get them to come to their show. Yeah. If they actually message and contact and like communicate. Yeah. If you just put up a flyer and don't like actually communicate to the people yeah. that you want to come to your event that you want, you would like them to be there and mm-hmm. you would like them to enjoy your event presence with them. And they probably won't show up. For one, they might not see it. They well, because they're not going to believe it. in it either. There's so many other ads and so many other things, but you just need to, like, some people just really need to communicate. And and, and I'll say on my birthday, a great amount of people came out. We made good money. And I'll say something because a lot of people just, like, they put up a flyer, like, all right, cool, you should come out. And then they kind of are disappointed with, like, the turnout. But, like, you got to really believe in this shit. You know what I mean? And you got to show people. I mean, the hashtag Dixie I had up on the thing, like, really theming it out. And, like, I bought birthday fucking hats even, and shit. Even at that point, the the night, the day before, I did the known event. Yeah. We, had, we only put out the information yeah. for the event that day because we were totally unsure if the event was going to happen at all. <laughs> so, so, like, the last one. Like, we literally got the clothes into the, the house at 7 p.m. So, mm-hmm. like, getting and the event started at 8 or nine, something like that. So like we got the clothes in and like set up right then, right before, like right at the brink of time. But we also like I just that day I was just texting people the information, the flyer, mm-hmm. whatever. Hey, this is happening tonight. Come through. Well, and and tr- still, I, I think at this point people trust you as far as well. Like, people definitely trust me, ooh. but it still is so important. I think to like be um, more. I don't know relationship. And enthusiastic about that stuff. And so, like, and I'll say something, Jig, with you, and I wanted to speak on you being, like, a woman in this industry. What gives you so much confidence? And I know sometimes, I know you may not speak on the microphone every time, (laughs) whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, what gives you the confidence to be, like, because, like, I know you you are getting help, but you seem kind of like a lone kind of rider within, because you, me and Frank are together in this as far as, like, 2026 and stuff that we do, but, like, you're kind of like the figurehead of your own. So, yeah. like, what gave you the confidence being a woman? And because, like, like I said, like, I'd like more women to be more assertive as far as DJing and hosting parties and stuff like that because, like, we're men. We don't know what women necessarily want at parties every single time. Right. So, you know, that's why, like, somebody like I got Kayla. I was like, yo, will you DJ, please? Just to play, like, all that cool shit that girls want to fucking hear because, like, representation is everything. Yeah. And I know when a young black girl sees her or a young girl of color, just a young girl in general sees her, Roya, sees, uh, uh, Bombshell, uh, uh, what's my, Samosa, when they see them up there, they're just like, oh, word, I can do this too. So, like, what gives you the confidence to do that? Um, I would say 
it's just something that I really enjoy. So the confidence in it comes natural, uh, especially because, I, I mean, I would say I think I'm pretty good at it. So, um, you know, I think that confidence just comes along with being A, good at something and B, passionate about something. But also, you know, having the confidence to kind of... Um, understand that you know what needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. and so going back to what we were talking about earlier you know not having something to do is a problem and what do you do with the problem you fix it so i think just knowing that the work that i'm doing is in a sense necessary and useful and important um it just kind of builds a natural confidence there because i know that what i'm doing is the right thing to do hell yeah no, I, love, I mean, you know, I always tell you, you always, you always have me. And I just, I that's like that. we were talking about earlier, I was like, uh, I was pretty weird on DJing on a regular basis because I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, people aren't going to see me as a rapper, singer, auto-tune crooner mm-hmm. <laughs> that I want to be looked at as. But then I was like, nah, man, I'm just giving more outlets for myself. So, yeah, and I mean, it's, and it's a hard space to be in because there's a lot of trial and error happening right yeah. now. Like, hell yeah, I, I beat myself up a lot. Like when events don't go well or, you know, it's always fun when, you know, you're in the middle of the night probably and it's not as crazy as you'd like to be. And then someone walks past you and they're like, this party sucks. (laughs) And you're like, okay. (laughs) But, you know, I always have to remind myself I create spaces for the people who actually show up, not for the people that didn't come. So um, when there's people there that they're enjoying themselves, regardless if it's six people or 600 people like those six people are gonna wake up tomorrow and think damn i had a lot of fun last night and it's like you know i have a lot of people who come up to me on a regular basis and just either say thank you or you know they're very um acknowledging of what i'm trying to do and you know it never feels like uh, a waste and, and luckily right now i'm in a unique space to where making mistakes is okay but i think that when you're doing something um in the lines of entertainment people are uh, a lot more critiquing of yeah. you in a more uh public space well because in a sense like you said earlier you you're you're, you're making that person's night whether that that whole week they were at work right you know what i mean so that it's kind of like you're you're expected to give them fun right that well but i think that louisville has this warped opinion that more people equals a better quality time mm-hmm. yeah. so people will walk in a space and it could be a space that's actually has a lot of genuine fun energy happening but since it's not shoulder to shoulder people are like oh which, which, which i hate i can't stand shoulder to shoulder yeah and there's a lot of people that don't like to be in those types of environments and i like to be able to you know, offer something in one night that can, uh, you know, appease multiple people. And so, you know, I I definitely think that we have developed this mentality that even if there's a bunch of people in a space, even if they're not vibing with each other, communicating with each other, like even if they're standing around, people still equate that to something popping just because there's a lot of bodies in the room. Like, I'd rather have 30 people that were all communicating than 100 people where only, like, 20% of those people were actually having a good time. And, you know, um, I've been... This past, like, few months, like, I just feel like there's a different motivation for what I do because, like, talking to Frank... Granted, I've always... Since I'm with him... Stuff has always kind of like, we've always been doing cool stuff because he's always kind of been the one like, oh, right, let's just do it, Dominic. Let's just do it. Now, like, I've kind of accepted that or, or, or adopted his way of thinking as far as just like, let's just do it. Because mm-hmm. like, I'd be like, man, Frank, what if nobody comes? Whatever. We're going to have fun, Dominique. Yeah, because I mean, we've always had fun we've together. We've always had fun together. We'll have a room of like three people. And and we're going and crazy. We're, going, we're having a ball. We're like listening to our favorite music and we're just dancing around doing whatever so like we know that we'll have fun no matter what yeah and so and i think that's great energy to put off because people totally people is. receive that back and they like feel that genuinely you know dude people love it when i'm djing and i'm drunk <laughs> and i'm just like i had i had a little homie text me i, I uh shout out to my homie Shloob. i right. dj for him at headliners this past weekend and um 
I was just up there just like hyping him up the entire time. And even mm-hmm. like when I was just DJing like regular music or whatnot, like I was just like singing along, turning the volume, hey, y'all feeling good tonight? And my little homie, he was like, man, I love that you did that. And like just trying to like include people. And honestly, the time I was doing that, it was not that many people in the room. But I yeah. was just like, whatever. Well, like, that energy is transferable, you yeah. know, like, and, um, so that's why it's even more important when you are hosting these events, like going around and just making sure that the energy is correct is super important. Like yeah. you really have to learn how to connect with I think with folks and, and people appreciate that and they and they can feel that and that's what's gonna keep them returning because they feel, you know, better essentially after they leave your space. She one of our homies, uh Again, I'll shout out James Wolford. He was saying, he's like, man, you and Frank, y'all really get fans, man. Y'all make everybody feel like family. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, people just damn near become part of the team. Like, they yeah. want to help out with stuff. Like, even, like, at my birthday party, like, people got their own time. And the people, I was definitely slacking with like, having shit ready. People like, oh, you need help, blah, blah. So it's just like, yeah. nah, that, that, that energy is very transferable. And just, like, people feeling like they almost, like, which that's really know you in the 2026 collective that's Hell why yeah. it's a full collective is about it's not uh it's definitely more not making us feel like we're any better than anybody like it's just like no you can, and, and that's the thing with people i tell people who like don't come out to stuff regularly i'm like come to our stuff though yeah same and the same you know what i mean same thing with you mm-hmm. i'm like come because like you, it, this isn't that of like me trying to make myself feel better than you because i'm the dj up here and i'm not going to play anything that you fucking like no i mean sometimes i take requests like if it's a woman she's like hey can you play some magnets i'm like oh word i ain't, i have not done that yet mm-hmm. i got you you know what i mean yeah. so no yeah. most definitely what else? oh i was about to say something and i lost it you were. I was looking back uh, to you. Uh, Fuck my bad, Frankie. That's all good. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what was it? What were you talking about right before that? Honestly, could not no, tell What was Jake you. talking about right before that? Uh, I was talking about energy and... Wait, a lot. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. Yes, I remember. Well, I just... So, like, going to the early White Reaper shows, I remember there'd be, like, maybe 30 people, and they would give the craziest wild show and there'd be crowd surfing on 30 people yeah. which you don't think is like a thing that can happen but in a big warehouse space like literally this pocket of people yeah. and one person surfing and you're like that's where i knew like in louisville there's energy like no matter how big a crowd is yeah. like i mean their music is ecstatic of course yeah. um so people Shout out the go wild. Boys, man. but oh, yeah. like just knowing that like if you can control a space and mm-hmm. like with any amount of people you can make people go like bonkers and like have like the time of their life and like you know come out dripping sweat or just having a ball and like just knowing they did that for like two years before like their huge tours and now they're signed to electric records and yeah like number five on the alternative radio charts right now well also i think with those smaller events it gets you ready for those big events yeah. i mean think about the big ass crowds that we got to play for last year we were ready because we did that for the small crowds. Mm-hmm. The same shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, I remember like literally the week we did the Crosley event and Derby at uh, Derby at uh, Galaxy Bar. I remember that same week I did. Me and Frank did Thirst. Nobody yeah. was, and I remember Timberly was in the crowd, and I was, yeah. but I was going ham for her. And she was yeah. like, "Damn, Dominic, you was getting it." She came to the fucking Crosley event where there's like 300 plus people there, yeah. and like I'm doing this. We're doing tables. the same exact thing, and we're just like, "Yeah, this is like." them is scrimmages Mm -hmm. and and, and just like performing the same thing I do like I don't care if it's 10 people I don't care if it's 100 people I'm trying to go hard for you plus I also just want to like make like have play music that sounds good and mix it together well and just like vibe out myself so usually it's Uh, yeah I mean that's, that's that's the whole reason I know that I started DJing was because I was just like I was going to parties and I wasn't hearing exactly the music that I wanted. Like some people would like kind of touch the surface, but I was like, man, like I want to be able to hear house to hip hop to to old school R and B to shit jazz if I can find a good song. Shit to I mean whatever I really want to hear and mix that together and literally have people listen to it the way I would listen to it. And that's the best feeling is when you playing something. People are like, hey yo, what is this, bro? And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add, Jake? I feel like we're coming to a wrapping point. Um, I just want people to be patient as I do work alone most Amen. of the time. <laughs> like, I am pretty sure if I expressed to you all exactly what I do on a day-to-day basis, you'd be like, what the fuck? Um, not to say that you all aren't doing the same as well, but uh, I'm 
trying to add some folks in, but organic growth is yeah, obviously the way to go. So just yeah, trying it's, to it's wait. difficult to find, you know, the right team or people that want to be a part of it that will always be there at those like dark or important moments. Yeah. And also people that can like, you know, not expect too much and folks that are have the time and the ability and the energy to um, devote to everything the way in which it, it needs to be devoted to because it is something that I've worked really hard on and it is something that has a lot of traction being built right now and uh, a lot of really great upswings happening that need to be protected. So um, as of now, just just know that the space is there and even if it's not being executed at 110, it's just we're all in a work in progress. So Hey, I'll make sure to come out to Z Bar every Friday. Um Midnight to four. Midnight to four. Jig be is always hosting events there. Um five dollars. She I told her to up the charge <laughs> on sometimes, but hey, she keeps she's keeping it very affordable. Yeah. Also, um I think on Wednesdays now that I will be DJing with for her event. Uh, maybe we'll just call it the DJ Dixie Highway pop up. Who knows? <laughs> but um we'll be doing that I think I think throughout uh, January and um like I say all the time just trying to spread light on the creativity from like our homies and you know keep that shit going and keep you all inspired keep us inspired because these conversations always do something for me so always. hell yeah um thank you all for listening thanks for having me thank you Jig for coming out we love you of course 2026 is out Pew.